Hey everybody, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. On this episode, Chip and I discuss a very important topic in donor-advised funds. This podcast is a little bit of a different format in that it's more of a Q&A format instead of a regular discussion, but we think it is very informative and we go through an overview of what donor-advised funds are and the benefits of using them. Again, thanks for listening to Finance in a Flash. Let's go. All right, let's get rolling. Again, it is Chip and I here to tackle this episode. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing donor-advised funds. This, uh, I think we've written an article, done a video, and it's one of the most uh, viewed articles on our website ever is our article on donor-advised funds. So um, we've had a, a lot of traction here and people have had a lot of questions and we just really wanted to kind of do a quick dive into what actually a donor advised fund is and the benefits of having one or using that as a strategy. So Chip, first, uh, I think you're the expert on this. Um, Can you define for everyone what a donor advised fund actually is? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, you know, a donor advised fund is simply an account uh, that is established for the pure purpose of making gifts to uh, various Nonprofit organizations and, and charities. Yeah. So, um, so what would be a major benefit of this account versus I'll just write a thousand dollar check to my church? So you know, the way that the tax laws are now is that it, it really behooves people to do what we call charitable bunching. And that means you, for someone who's charitably inclined, if you gift, uh, say, two years worth of charitable uh, contributions into one year, it, those gifts become more uh, deductible. And so, um, you know, that is one of the, the big benefits and, and the popularity around donor advised funds has kind of accelerated recently um, because of the fact that most people um, are itemizing their deductions uh, or not itemizing their deductions rather. And, and they're taking the standard deduction because they just don't have enough in itemized deductions uh, to take that um, tax deduction. And so uh, by using a donor advised fund, uh, to bunch gifts into one year, you can, uh, once you make the contribution to the donor advised fund, uh, that is deductible in the year that contribution to the fund is made. But then once it's in the fund, you can spread your gifts to the charities out uh, over a number of years. And so the good part about that is, you know, if you, instead of writing, let's say a $10,000 to your church in one year, you know, uh, if you do that, the church might come back next year and say, you know, oh, where's the $10,000 you gave last year? Kind of have the expectation that you're going to keep giving at the same level. You know, the donor advised fund allows you to spread that out over time, uh, which is beneficial to, to the individual uh, because they are likely to have um, a better tax deduction by going that route. Uh, and it's great for the, the nonprofit or charitable organization as well, because they also like consistent uh, gifts and, and a donor advised fund can definitely facilitate that. That's, that's great. So I do have one question. So can you only contribute cash or can you contribute stocks, mutual funds and into uh, 
donor advised funds where there could be a potential situation where let's say I have, you know, Amazon stock, I got it really low, the cost basis is low, the capital gains tax is gonna be a lot, but could I just gift that to the donor advised fund and let that grow? And if so, would there be any tax implications for that? Yeah, so that's a good good um point to mention is that, you know, th- and this is a great strategy. You, you look in your portfolio at those investments and Amazon would be, uh, would likely be a, a big one where, you know, the cost basis is low. And so let's say you paid $1,000 for shares of Amazon that are now worth $10,000. Well, if you sold that investment in order to pay a charitable, write a check for a charitable contribution, you'd pay taxes on that $9,000 capital gains. But what you could do with the donor advised fund is simply transfer the shares into the donor advised fund. And this can, you can transfer shares of stock, mutual funds, ETFs, donor advised funds, except real estate, um, all kinds of different types of assets um, can be contributed into a donor advised fund. And you could avoid the capital gains uh, from that and receive a full tax uh deduction um, on the gift. Okay, awesome. So in in regards to that, is there usually a, um, a, a fund minimum? Now I know, you know, donor advised funds, they're pretty much all different or there's different varieties of them. But generically speaking, is there a large, um, I guess, initial amount or a limit that you have to contribute to have a donor advised fund? Well, every each donor advised fund is a little bit different, so you, you kind of have to go in to the custodian and you know uh, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, T Rowe Price, Vanguard, Fidelity, American Funds. They all have donor advised funds um, that you can utilize, but they all have a little bit. They're all a little bit different structurally, so they might have different minimums. They'll have different um, investment. Strategies because you can invest once once the funds hit the donor advised. So you gift Amazon to a donor advised fund. Amazon is then sold by the donor advised fund, and then the asset is redeployed into another investment uh, objective. And you and it's mutual funds usually. And so you know once that happens, you can then either you know formulate some kind of gifting strategy, or it can sit there for a while and, um, you know, until you decide uh, which charities to, to make the gifts to. Okay, perfect. Um, now, I know this is this is a little different than our typical podcast, kind of like a Q&A of uh, donor advised funds, because I thought it'd be a better way to do this podcast rather as a discussion. And so this year, uh, a way people satisfied their required minimum distribution, which is um, there's a specified amount of money that you have to take out of your IRA every year after your 70 and a half, which I think is now 72 and a half, depending on when you were born, correct? Yeah, it's 70. They changed it recently to 72. Okay. Um, but you can still make qualified charitable distributions after the age of 70 and a half. So it's kind of a, it used to be kind of the same. And now it's, it's the qualified charitable distribution from an IRA is not, uh, the at the same age as the required minimum distribution. It's just one of those funny ways that Congress and the IRS likes to keep us on our toes yeah. a little bit. So if you're above the age of 70 and a half, that uh, qualified charitable distribution is another way that you could make a gift. Yeah, perfect. So uh, on that, um, 
on the on the back of that, can you, if you were to take qualified charitable distribution, could you, could that money or that distribution go into a donor advised fund or no? Uh, well, under most of the donor advised funds that we are talking about on this podcast, uh, Fidelity, T Rowe Price, Vanguard, no, you really shouldn't go that route. Um, with your qualified charitable distribution. However, there are some uh, vendors uh, that that may work. Now, the the uh, funny thing about it is uh, you really have to kind of specify, oh, this donor advised fund is going to go to one specific charity. Okay, yeah. You know, so you couldn't say, you know, you couldn't say, okay, I'm going to contribute to this donor advised fund and give to 10 different charities. Yeah. You know, this this donor advised fund from the onset kind of has to be um, earmarked towards the charity itself. And there are a few um, vendors that can handle that. But there are there are definitely some uh, some hoops to jump through for that. Okay, makes sense. Um, It's it'd be I mean, it just wouldn't make sense if it was easy. So Um, especially when we're dealing with things like these. And I have, I think, one last question on this. So. Are there any, I guess, charities or organizations that you can't gift to? I think that might be a better, a, um, a better question than to ask you which ones you can gift to or give money to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in general, you know, yeah, political types of organizations um, generally. Uh, you can't make those types of gifts to from a donor advised fund, but the vast majority of uh, you know nonprofits, um, United Way, American Red Cross, all, all churches, um, any kind of um, uh, any type of widely uh, publicized charity, you can absolutely. It's an easy way to gift, and it's all electronic. Mm-hmm. You know, so you log on to your interface uh, with Vanguard or Fidelity or whoever you're using, and you make. Uh, you know, oftentimes there's already an electronic link to that charity. If there's not one, you can uh, submit a request that um, uh, the custodian establishes this link. And then you can make start making the gifts electronically. And uh, these grants, again, just like the minimums uh, we talked about earlier, there's every minimum is going to differ for the dependent on the uh, fund company that you use or custodian. Um, the the minimum gift is going to vary as well. And there are some that are as low as like $50. And so it, it really does facilitate uh, a very easy and streamlined way to make gifts. And also donor advised funds can help you make anonymous gifts. So, um, and that's a really important thing. If you, uh, if you've ever made a gift to a charity, um, you suddenly are on their mailing list and get all kinds of um, solicitations and that. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And so this donor advised funds, that's one of the benefits that not many people talk about, but you can, you can make anonymous gifts to charities and you know that your money gets there, uh, but you're not being barraged by uh, the solicitations and, and, and that sort of thing that, that happens once you're kind of on their radar. Yeah, I got you. Um, so, and you ha- you mentioned a few times, but so would and this is no advertisement of any kind. But if someone was looking for a, a place a place to open one fairly easily and to kind of get started, would you suggest you know Fidelity Vanguard be maybe the main places to go initially? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, I think that you know those are uh, easy. Vanguard is usually my. Uh, uh, 
custodian of choice for a lot of things simply because they're low cost. But I, I believe that Vanguard does have like a $25,000 minimum. Um, and so there are other custodians. I think Schwab, Charles Schwab's is like 5000 And um, so it just depends on, you know, what level you're thinking about gifting and um, and also, you know, uh, w- w- which custodian you prefer. I mean, Vanguard's, you know, the, the uh portfolios that your money kind of goes and you can and you can designate you know conservative moderate aggressive vanguard total stock i mean there's lots of investment options that you have um but you know they're all of course with vanguard they're going to use vanguard funds uh which we actually like they're pretty low cost they're very low cost and tax efficient and um you know just internally they have they're they're very diversified and that sort of thing so um, you know, but to me, that's kind of where I'd start. If you have your money already with Charles Schwab, it may be easier just logistically to have uh, a Charles Schwab uh, donor advised fund. Uh, but don't you know? Uh, you know, you can you can scrutinize T Rowe Price and others and just check them out and do the due diligence. But um, you know, it just depends on uh, your your specific goals and and that sort yeah, of thing. Perfect. Well, I think you know that was a, a great overview of, of donor advised funds, and like I said, this is a little bit of a different format from our usual form of a podcast, which would be in discussion. This is kind of more of a Q and A, which I think um, works with some things. So I appreciate that, Chip. And if you had anything else to add on on donor advised funds as as we close out here, no, I mean I've just I, over the years I've seen um, people really enjoy. Uh, making gifts to donor advised funds. It's an easy way to incorporate your family. Um, uh, people will bring in their kids and they'll have, uh, some families have like annual meetings that generally happens like over the holidays and they'll talk about, hey, which kind of gift do you think we should do this year and who should it, you know, who should we benefit and who, and, and some families really get into it um, and do research on Charity Navigator and, you know, kind of look at the, um, you know, some Families have very strong beliefs in certain um, uh, types of charities, and so they'll kind of make it a family thing. And then, you know, you can actually, um, some vendors allow you to make gifts, and you can kind of make a gift to a another individual, and then they can, in turn, awesome. choose the charity. So it's kind of a very neat thing, and um, and we enjoy helping people uh, in this aspect of their, of their planning, awesome. for sure. All right, well, uh, that wraps up this episode. Thanks again, Chip, for for being on. And thanks to everyone for listening to Finance in a Flash. If you want to learn more about us or our company, go to beaconfinancialstrategies.com. You can find all of our podcasts and blogs there as well as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you.